it, it's been a while since I wanted to actually visit physical harm upon you, but this may have done it. <laughs> you hated it that bad, huh? <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. We'll get I... into it. Everybody, this is Shane, and with me is my good buddy, Mr. Sean Patrick Height. And we are here for the Paid in Green Peppers movie podcast, where we watch the worst movies in existence so you don't have to. Yes, yes, yes. That's what oh, we do. That's yes, what we do. What, well, that's what, <laughs> that's what, for some reason, he's convinced me to do, and I don't know why I do it, but yet here I am. Well, I figured you had to have some purpose in life, you know, some real deep, meaningful thing to sort of attach yourself to. And I thought, well, since I can't come up with anything worthwhile, I'll throw you into this. No, no. Your, your entire existence is just to torture me. It has been since third freaking grade. I, I, and I, I cannot understand why we are friends. Because the, our entire friendship, quote unquote, has just been you torturing me in one way or the other. Like, oh, hey, what would win in a fight? A crocodile with a grenade launcher strapped to his back or a rabbit with a nuke button? I mean, this is a, my entire <laughs> life has been this. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong, and I go for the crocodile. Oh, and then if it wasn't that, and it was all these movies that you subjected me to and we just go to these conventions and meet these weird people that you know, had some sort of aversion to soap and you know, <laughs> social skills and whatever else. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been it's been a heck of a ride, you know. And looking forward to the end, <laughs> yeah. When the, when the angel of mercy takes me away and I no longer have to deal with you, it's. Yeah. it's that beacon at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, eh? Oh, if it doesn't come soon, I may have to plunge into it myself from a high <laughs> place after drinking something poisonous and all that. Well, oh, my. we don't want to see you do that, so I'll have to find a less nauseating film next time. Maybe that'll want you to live a bit longer. You know, put that little new lease on life, if you will. You know, the less nauseating film, and what film is it? This film uh, from 1975, the Shaw Brothers classic, Inframan, or as it originally was titled, Super Inframan. There you go. Great film. Yeah, yeah it was a great film. Uh, Takasatsu, uh, basically a tokusatsu film. I'm pronouncing that tokusatsu tonight because I just feel like it. It's a tokusatsu inspired film, uh, kind of based on uh, like Ultraman, Kamen Rider, Kakaida, and Azuman, all of these uh, live action superhero programs uh, that were spit out in Japan, you know, late 60s throughout the 70s on into the 80s and so forth. And uh, that's uh, this was Hong Kong's version of that in film form. So I think they I personally think they did a rather uh, smashing job. Uh, what was your take on it, my friend? Just in a quick, uh, quick little blurb, uh, you know. 
it, it's no secret that I have disliked every movie that we have done in, in all three seasons that we're doing. And um, I know that last month when I said the least favorite film that we had reviewed so far was Christmas Evil. Yeah. And it was really more of a personal thing, not that the film was offensive, just that I hate Christmas. So it hit me in a, in a you know, a, a, a level that it wouldn't normally hit most people. Right, sure. But this honestly was... This this harkens back to the times when we would sit on the couch and you would put in some sort of crap. And I know that I've seen this before. Sure. And I'm and and I may have actually physically attacked you for making <laughs> me watch this in, in in years past. And I know that now, were it not for COVID, were we were we sitting in the same room? Yes. The the podcast would just be Really, just the sound of me thrashing you with something <laughs> about the head and shoulders and screaming, I hate you. Why do you make me watch this? Well, I hate myself. Why do I watch this because of you? That would be, you know, for 90 minutes, that would be the whole podcast. Possibly the most successful one we ever had. But, oh, I mean, yeah. I, would be, I would be physically attacking you right now were you not hours away. I can respect this is that. How bad the film was. Right, I can respect that. Let me remind you, however, my friend, that uh, this was um, <clears throat> your idea to review this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to support who I thought was a friend who started up a little Facebook page dedicated to this uh, masterpiece, nauseating, oh. just pile of ill conceived. Ilk, just and and so I'm like, oh, and and for the you know four or five other weird people who are in this group of yours on Facebook, I just thought I would throw it out. Ho ha ha! We should do this on the podcast. Yo ho! And this is not what happened. Well, we 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 you know I I, I went as a joke. This wasn't a serious suggestion. This was, oh, I'm trying to support you in the hopes that maybe if I'm nice to you, you'll be nice to me. It's that whole battered spouse syndrome. I'm just trying to keep you from getting mad and hitting me when you're drunk. Um, nice. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> how well did your plan succeed? Well, we're doing the blankety blank movie, so it didn't Based work too point. well. Well played. Sitting with a black eye and a couple of belt marks. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The best laid plans and so forth. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you like this film. Um, <laughs> abundantly clear. Yes, yes. Uh, so anyway, as we were saying, uh, the film is Super Inframan or Inframan, uh, as we know it, uh, stateside uh, from 1975. Yeah, but what is it in Chinese? Chinese, uh, well, I... It's actually translated into Super Inframan in Chinese, yes. I, I don't know uh, how you would say it in the Chinese dialect, whether Mandarin or Cantonese. Uh, could you help me with that? I, I don't know. I mean, I've never tried it. No, uh, I, I couldn't no. help you with that. This is your job, not mine. 
<laughs> I try not to slaughter uh, other, you know, uh, under other languages and things. So I'll stick with the English translation of Super Inframan, which was uh, the original Chinese title. And if you actually look at the original poster, the the uh, you know the Chinese poster, there is actually a picture of uh, Inframan sort of lunging forward with the giant Superman S uh, emblazoned across the top of the poster. So that's a uh, pretty, pretty nice little graphic they had going on there to capitalize on, of course, uh, the popularity of, uh, superheroes such as Superman and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Considering it, it pretty much played worldwide. Uh, I mean, this film has been distributed to multiple countries. Uh, of course we know stateside. It was in. Well, well, you know what else has been distributed to multiple countries? <laughs> Let's hear it. Syphilis. Syphilis was, was distributed to multiple countries. Yeah, well, and you see how popular that became. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> People are just itching to get it anyway. Um, yes, yes, yes. Now, 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 for you uh, Roger Ebert fans out there, he was quoted as actually saying, "When they stop making movies like Inframan, a little light will go out of the world." This was a direct quote from Mr. Ebert, a professional movie reviewer so ebert also liked uh the roger corman thing um oh where the dinosaur they used just a a a toy dinosaur what was that oh Uh, i'm trying to it came up came out around jurassic park and it was the same thing where they found a giant chicken egg and then they used a yes uh carnator or it was something, something along I, those lines. Yes, yes. I think yeah, you're Carnosaurus or something. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. He liked I don't know. Huh? Yeah, he liked that too. Well, since yeah, I had also, a now unofficial. He also had a brain tumor. So really you gotta you gotta kinda give it to him. Maybe he wasn't in his right mind. Well, maybe. I mean it's, it's possible, I suppose. But since it's uh, been been, you know, passed down through the years in print, we have to take it as the gospel truth. So, you know, like everything else that's written down. Yeah, so there right. you go. That's exactly what we need to, to from, to from his mouth, say. right? Oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the fact that that uh, he actually upped his review because when this first came out in 1975, he gave it two and a half stars. But then he upped his review 25 years later to three stars because mm-hmm. some other horrible crapola. Chinese junk movie came out that he liked and then he said, well, I can't put this above Inframan, so he revised his review the one time he'd done that in his career. Aren't you a storied person there, you professional you? Oh, There you go. The only time that's ever happened in history and it was because of this film. Inframan. Inframan. Right. And of course, the U.S. version uh, we saw was uh, brought to us by the great Joseph Brenner. For those of you Joseph Brenner fans out there, he actually distributed it in the U.S. and I believe it was France. Um, same same print to my knowledge, except of course the language uh, dubbing was different. But uh, he he toted it as uh, this was his catchphrase to sell the film: "A man beyond bionics." And of course, we all know, uh, since we grew up in that era, that was to capitalize on the success of the $6 million man. So, you know, he was a marketing genius as well. Oh, yeah. Genius is the word I would use. (laughs) I thought so. That's why I said it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, genius is not the word that I would use. Um, exploitive idiot, uh, curse upon this earth. Um, I don't know. He who I would hit with a baseball bat if I had an opportunity. That's the one. There you go. So you are a fan. Woo. Raise the roof. Oh my gosh. This was <laughs> this was just honestly one of the worst movies I've I've seen. And wow. that says a lot. We've oh, seen I mean, I hate this movie. It, it was this was just for those of you who haven't seen it, I know my friend has has said some sort of weird Japanese word and spewed out a bunch of uh, you know names that I'm sure that outside of uh, I must say isn't outside of you know Jacob stamp uh, most people aren't gonna recognize those names you know but uh, for those of you who don't understand basically what this is was a really bad really long Power Rangers episode. Uh, a solo version of the Power Rangers, no robots that that came into it, but outside of that, it was a Power Rangers episode. Only, only uh, much better. That's uh, <laughs> if it only rose to the quality of a Power Rangers episode, well, if only it rose to the worst episode, to the poorest editing of a Power Rangers episode. If only it rose to the height of just the worst most drunkenly put together sham of an episode of that god awful show it would have been 500 times better than it is now. I cannot tell you how much I hated this movie. So you're saying if they had made the, the smart move and produced a sequel you probably would have been happy with that. No, no. The sequel probably would have just actually given me the brain tumor and knocked me out, killed me. That's and and at this point, I'm begging for that. I'm just begging for the sweet release of death. <laughs> well, on that note, maybe we should jump into the plot of this uh, delicious uh, cinema masterpiece. What do you think? Oh yes, can we can we start up? Can we start up? <laughs> and before yeah. you get into the plot, before you get into the plot. I just yes, want to yeah. make one little notation about sure. the opening of this movie. Because sure. I don't know if you're going to get into the actual opening credits. But Let's the opening credits, my dog was howling because it's just this weird, high, screechy noise. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just weird, horrible, that funkadelic, screechy thing that the they, they Shaw Brothers stole from uh the you know funkadelic music of the of the early 70s because what most people don't realize is uh that very familiar you know that the Shaw brothers used in so many films was actually yeah. uh from Ironsides a television show it was the theme song from Ironsides wow and so they took Basically, that sound, that high pitch, you know, where you just sort of go back and forth, hit the feedback, that was the opening sounds to this movie, and it gave me a migraine. 
Just <laughs> just that gave me a migraine. Well, that explains why you didn't enjoy the film. You had a headache the whole time. Yeah, okay, now it makes sense. I, okay, I forgive you. Yeah, you had a headache. Uh-huh. I get it. Got a headache. Right. <laughs> well, that's actually interesting. Now that you mentioned it, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, actually. Uh, yeah, now I got to go uh, back and watch some Ironside episodes. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, you go ahead. Knock yourself out. I mean that literally. Uh, you know, take a hammer and smash your skull. Until it hits your brain and your brain shuts you off. Please. Right, right. <laughs> well, this... <laughs> Mentioning that triggered another interesting little uh, little note I've got here. They also interesting. Use... You should use the word triggered. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Touche. Yes. Uh... <laughs> they actually uh, had borrowed some music for this film from uh, the Japanese TV series Ultra Seven, as well as Mirror Man. And uh, there is actually a scene at the very beginning of the film of a burning building. This is when we'll get into that more, but there's a, a scene there. And that, that particular clip was uh, taken from the Japanese film, The Submersion of Japan. Um, so in, interesting that they had borrowed these elements, but many people have speculated that maybe these, you know, they had just ripped off these things. Like a lot of these uh, films we review, how they just steal, you know, soundtracks and things for their own use. But Shaw brothers was a highly reputable company at the time. So um, I'm theorizing that they probably went through the proper channels in order to, uh, to use these, you know, items because they had actually used several Japanese, um, like the cameraman, for instance, was Japanese. The, uh, the makeup artist, the costume designer, these guys, uh, we're, we're of Japanese descent as well. So I'm thinking they probably got this stuff legit, you know. Yes, because we all know how famously the Chinese and Japanese have gotten along through history. <laughs> well, you know, it's, let the past be the past, as they say, does, right? Do, does the term the rape of Nanking mean anything to you? <laughs> oh, boy. You gotta forgive and forget, you know. I mean, you gotta move on with the, with with life, as it were. You can't dwell on the past, right? Unless you're in front of the Hague for your war crimes. Go ahead. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, let me brag about this film once more before we get into you chopping off the head of each uh, actor in the film. Uh, which I know you're going to. Uh, This was actually the first superhero film set in Hong Kong. So that was a first. Uh, The first Shaw Brothers production to use an actual storyboard. And uh, the first film produced in Hong Kong to use a hot air balloon for promotional purposes. So what do you say to that, my friend? I I, I say that all your knowledge comes from the IMDb trivia page. Much That's of it what does. I say to that. <laughs> Much of it does. And I also have to throw out some other, uh, you know, uh, credentials here. Yes, IMDB. We always let, let me be clear here to, the, to all you, uh, you masses listening to this. We, we are humble folks. We have to research things like everyone else on the internet. So, of course, we get things through IMDB, Wikipedia. And in this particular uh, instance, I uh, turn to uh, my good friend Damon Foster at Oriental Cinema who um, several years ago put out a 30th anniversary Inframan issue of Oriental Cinema, which I uh, found to be very in-depth as well. So uh, much of my knowledge also 
besides just watching the film, you know, loads of times uh, comes from this particular article. So, uh, yeah, you know. Or Oriental Cinema? Oriental Cinema, yes. Yes. Because that's not an offensive name. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And I think that's probably why the magazine is probably no longer. Tanked? Is that, well, is that why it's no longer published? <laughs> it was sued out of existence? Yeah. Sure he's a nice guy, <laughs> but I mean, you know. an unfortunate name. As <laughs> things change. But it was a uh, it was a good mag, plethora of information, you know, uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into it. But it was a very, uh, it was invaluable, I should say, uh, for this review. Well, well maybe, if the, maybe if the pages weren't soaked with blood, sweat, and tears, people would have bought it. I mean, otherwise they're getting hepatitis. So. <laughs> yeah, and in this day and age, of course, we, uh, we, we don't want that. No, no. Yeah. Well, luckily, we've made it 20 minutes without talking about the movie. Thanks for playing, everybody. <laughs> Mission accomplished, right? <laughs> So I guess we need to tell these folks with this uh, film that uh, I've been uh, defending uh, and you have been uh, crucifying this whole time. Well, I, haven't, I have not yet to begin to drive a nail <laughs> to crucify this movie yet, pal. I see, I see. I'm well, standing with hammer and nail in hand, ready to go. You're ready. But it hasn't started yet. I'm ready, I, I'm ready. That's good. That's good stuff. Oh. So you obviously we know you hated the intro, the the, the sound effects, the uh, graphics, and the and whatnot. I always oh, sort yeah. of found the graphics sort of cool and interesting for the time. But with all that being said, cut to the actual film, right? I hear what you're saying. So we start off like any film with a bus full of kids cruising down the road, right? You know, no, singing. It's not a bus. It's not a bus. This is like, the first thing I've written down here. Thing. It's a van. It's a van that has 10 children crammed in there. Now, again, being China with 8 billion people running around, I'm so surprised they crammed people in. Oh, but no, it was 10 kids packed in two rows. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And, Sardines uh... look at those kids and go, wow, that's a little cramped. <laughs> Now that you mention it, in retrospect, I agree completely. It was a bit cramped for those kids. Um, but they're just minding their own business, singing little songs, just happy-go-lucky. I guess maybe they're on a field trip. I don't know what this is. Maybe it's a huge family. I don't know. But before you there know... It can't be a huge family. It's China. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they a, we're all boys. Anyway. Podcast banned from the internet, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know that would break your heart. So uh, <laughs> so the next thing we see is this gigantic dragon sort of uh, falls out of the sky and basically does a belly flop onto the, I, I guess, the highway or country road, whatever. It was a road. No, no. The guy starts swerving. Well, yes. he's acting like he's swerving. It's so windy. <laughs> and then you see a costume thrown down onto a uh, what's supposed to be a road, but the yes. costume is bigger than the set, so it's a small road. Then they just disappear this thing, this flying, it looks sort of like a pterodactyl person. It was little tiny wing. The It had wings, but the wings weren't any bigger than arms. So, you know, aerodynamic, not so much. And it just flops on this thing, then disappears. 
then the road cracks in half, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You've got literally. the, you know, get the kids out of the car. They all pour out, and then the guy is driving down the side of the broken cliff. Oh, help me, help me. Oh, <laughs> then for no reason, we just cut to a city that's on freaking fire. Right. No explanation on any of this. It's just we got an earthquake. We're in a van. We're on fire. There's a whole city on fire. Then nothing. Yeah. It's a very fast-paced action film. Chop, chop, chop. You know, you go from one action scene to the next. Again, chop, chop. Not the greatest thing to be saying when reviewing a Chinese film, sir. <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> well, you're on fire tonight. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it from the... I caught on fire in that uh, city. That was yes, burning, burning for no reason. city. Right, yes. right. I must admit, when I initially saw the fire, and I was like, well, what is actually happening here? I've not really, you know, seen the cause, but I know that's supposed to build the the mood, the, the mystery of what's uh, transpiring as we sort of see things unfold on the screen. So um, I get that. I get that. I can, I can deal with that. And then we sort of cut to uh, the the science headquarters, I guess you would call it. I never really got a definitive name. What's well, the satellite station? Satellite. It's just station. the satellite station. Yes, that's it. Uh, the satellite station, and uh, they're kind of hanging out doing their you know stuff at, at whatever they do at the satellite station. Um, no, no, no. You're you're you've missed the arrival of the professor. Oh, yes, I forgot all about him arriving. Yes, yes. And then the press is there questioning him, correct? Correct. And one of the questions is, what kind of monsters are they? Right, right. That's somebody yells that out in this crowd. What kind of monsters are they? Yeah. Which and, indicates yeah. that everyone knows that monsters exist. They're just trying to figure out what kind of monsters these are. I guess that's true. That's a very valid point. Because uh, at this point, the only monster we've seen is the dragon, correct? We don't even know if we saw a monster dragon because it was on screen for 38 frames of film. True, and true. then it disappeared, and you don't know what it was. You don't know if it was a monster or a kite. Because <laughs> it, it, it fell face first onto the road and then disappeared. With true. no explanation, so we don't know if it's a monster. That is true. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. They're asking him what kind of monsters are they? You know, you know. He uh, was it, it. Is this an attack from another planet? Again, indicating that they know life exists off of Earth. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So. Uh, Maybe we're supposed to look at it as a different sort of uh, world, you know, that what we're used to living in. You know, they're used to things like this transpiring, which is probably why the professor was planning to create what he created in the first place, perhaps. Because mm -hmm. what other mm -hmm. purpose would that serve? To move the pathetic plot along? Well, that as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so they question the professor and he ends up going inside of the satellite station as you, you know, as, as it's called and then uh, if I'm remembering correctly don't they they have a, a press or not a press conference a meeting 
is this am I on track here or am I missing? No, something? you're missing okay. something. For someone okay. who loves this movie so much, you're missing things. The the communication system consists of disco balls. Well, that's true. And two of them are out, and they're trying to fix that. Right. And then they say that Mount Devil, Mount Devil. is erupting. Yes. It's Who been the <laughs> names something Mount Devil? Well, apparently it's a very ominous looking mountain, and it's been dead for 10,000 years, but suddenly it ain't dead anymore. Right. So this and is a then, then they point they point the satellite toward Mount Devil so we can get in a reading because pointing the giant uh radial telescope, which is just a satellite dish, you point toward the sky to get radio signals to measure planets and star movements, which is what they keep showing. Right. Apparently <laughs> saying point this. To Mount Devil, and it never moves, but saying it's going to point it right. uh, gives you a video feed. And not only does it give you a video feed, but it gives you a spot where you can see where the video feed is coming from mm-hmm. so that when the mountain collapses and the dragon head is revealed and the dragon eye opens and smoke comes out, a an optical illusion or a projection of something of Princess Dragon Mom. Yes. Oh yes. Appears <laughs> giantly and looks directly into the camera, which doesn't exist because they're merely pointed, quote unquote, the radio telescope toward Mount Devil. True. This is all true, of course. I'm still loving it. Ah. This is all true. Yes. Princess <laughs> Dragon Mom. Now, I am yes, sure yes. that you're going to give me all kinds of information that her name really isn't Princess Dragon Mom. It's Elzebub. That's Guess correct. what? I don't care. <laughs> you are right, though. The original uh, Japanese or Chinese version, rather, it was Elzebub, a take on uh, Beelzebub, of course. And uh, she was, uh, of course. Oh, of course, all- because we all know how deeply entrenched Christianity is in the Chinese culture. <laughs> well, you know, hey, yeah, it is it is what it is, right? And uh, Dragon Mom of, was, of course, portrayed by actress Terry Liu, who uh, was also known for the uh, Shaw Brothers classics Killer Snakes and Black Magic Part 2, uh, you know, also from the 70s. So uh, she was kind of familiar with the whole Shaw Brothers uh, thing there at the time, so... Yeah, Dragon Mom. Great name. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> Princess. Princess Dragon Mom. So right. She issues some sort of horrible warning. The world will be my slave or you'll be destroyed. Something. I, yeah. I, she's going to take over the... Yeah, she's taking over the planet and now owns the Earth. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what she's saying. That's said. right. I forgot, I forgot that... that, that uh, particular sequence of words <laughs> i own the earth <laughs> you gotta love it you know it's a, that's that's good stuff you know well, you have title you have you have you done a title exam have we run title on this well, who who deeded you the, the earth i'm just wondering did they have oh, never mind anyway <laughs> Get, getting getting too close to what i do for a living there 
<laughs> why you're doing a title search and everything. Yes, you're an expert on that. So that was kind of you could put some clarification as to how you could actually own the earth. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and then shortly uh, after that, we cut to a scene of Raymar. Who is you off. forget. I mean, you're you're glossing over. You're skipping well, completely. I, I, I think I'm, I'm remembering the highlights of what I enjoyed, and you're sort of filling in uh, everything else because you hated the whole thing. So I think that's well, kind of what's happening. Chapter Princess Dragon Mom. <laughs> Go for it, though. I like issues it. her her warning that we're all going to be her slaves. She now owns the earth. Right, right. Um, and after she disappears, the professor who's apparently the only person on Earth who is capable of understanding anything or doing anything. Right, right. Um, says he's going to need a computer printout on the princess. We need to learn all we can about her. Right. Well, given the fact that you said she's 10 million years old out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Years old. We need a computer printout on her. <laughs> if you didn't know she existed until 20 seconds ago when she popped up on your screen and said she owned you, I can tell you everything you know about Princess Dragon Mom. Yeah. She's blonde, she has a weird helmet, and that's all we know. <laughs> Well, you forget the professor also knows about the creatures that she has, uh, even though we haven't actually seen any evidence of any other creatures yet. from before the Ice Age. Yes, you mean dinosaurs? <laughs> Perhaps I don't know, but they are smarter than uh, any of our supercomputers. He did throw that one out there as well, which I, you know, interesting. In 1975, huh? a toaster is smarter than the supercomputers they had back then. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God, we sent the man to a moon to the moon with less computing power than is in the calculator, a normal handheld calculator that a school child uses. We sent a person to the moon using less power than that. So I'm not impressed that they're smarter than a supercomputer from 1975. That's not a whole lot. It's I guess there. Yeah, that's a valid point. Is about the same as the supercomputer. So let me just say, I am not impressed. Yeah, yeah you make a good point. <laughs> Maybe that's why that professor said that, because he thought, eh, these computers aren't that great anyway, so they're probably as smart as these. Yeah, yeah let's go with that. You know, oh, he's, yeah. got, he's got his go own, that. you know, credentials to think of, so he's got to say something. Sure. So what happens next, smart guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going in the corners there, buddy. You go ahead. Well, we cut back to Dragon Mom's uh, lair there. I guess Mount Devil or wherever it is she's, you know, sort of uh, taken over. And, and, let's, and let's mention this as well. Mountain Devil is no longer just some inactive volcano or even a mountain for that matter. It's this, this scenery has sort of evolved out of the rocks and the faces and multiple faces actually and open mouths that you walk into to get into the hideout and things of that nature like this weird really weird uh i don't know hideout that just sort of evolved or emerged rather from from the the dirt i guess is what we're supposed to like it had been buried for for years i suppose right but when but when the initial mountain fell and the dragon yeah. head was revealed mm -hmm. none of that was there 
And every time they go back to this place, more stuff has been added. That so by true. the time you get to the very end, suddenly the whole area is surrounded by giant vertebra and ribs. Right. For no reason. Because <laughs> um, it looks that so you fine. have all these different entrances, and all of them are some sort of skull. That's like Castle Gray Skull. You walk to the skull's mouth to enter. Right, right. Uh, but it wasn't there when it fell apart. So there's building like little busy ants, I suppose. I suppose so. <laughs> but oh. it, looks, it looks cool when you're having a battle. I think that was the the idea. Anyway, uh, well, that was the idea. Yeah, that wasn't the accomplishment, but that was the idea. <laughs> so then we find Dragon. It was a noble goal. It failed spectacularly, but it was a noble well, goal. Oh yeah, well, opinions, opinions. Yes, yes. Much like uh, eyeballs, ninety percent of people have them, right? Opinions. I'm just going to let that one yes. go. <laughs> so then we get to Dragon Mom inside her lair where she uh, is summoning these creatures, which, as I said before, we've heard talk of her monsters and this and that. We haven't actually seen anything. But now we see them. They sort of look like they're encased in ice, ready to be summoned. So I don't know if she refroze them or that's where they hang out. And I don't Anyway, like they're in some form of stasis, but she summons... Her creature's just the same. So we sort of get introduced to these various, uh, I guess you would say, uh, prehistoric beasts or whatever you want to call them. Although a couple of them are robots. I, I don't know. But I still... Right, because none of this makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, I mean, even if they were mutated dinosaurs, nah. these don't look like dinosaurs. You know, they, these are... They've got a, a plant guy, uh, some big grimace-looking dude that has a drill for one hand right, and right, a right. scoop for the other. We've got a giant bed bug. You've got uh, something that's hairy and has horns. It's I don't even. It's a yak. It's a freaking yak monster. <laughs> She's got a pretty good selection of uh, of baddies to choose from. One of the main ones, of course, being, uh, I think they refer to right. him as Nemesis like once in the whole film. He's also known as the and I think he's got another name, so I have to check my notes. But anyway, he's sort of the main, you know, baddie that runs around throughout a good chunk of the film, interrogating and attacking and kidnapping and that sort of thing uh, with a hand and all that. So, yeah. He's pretty cool. I know he's probably your, your favorite one. Yes. No, he's not. The the thing yes. about this is because it's dubbed, you would think that maybe they wouldn't do what they did with the voice. But the voice is Yeah, I don't take care of them, princess. Let me at them. I'll destroy them all. It, it's sort of like Edward G. Robinson. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll get to see. Uh, no, no, no. And it's not like the mouth moves. It's not like you have to worry about any kind of synchronicity with mouth and sound. I mean, my right, God, right. it's a Shaw Brothers movie. They're famous for not having anything <laughs> close to being real. So, I mean... Why do they just get some guy? Get 
I'm, I'm at the coffee. <laughs> you sound exactly throat. like him, by the way, which is really <laughs> it's like it's like Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> We should do a uh, if we ever do a remake, you can voice the uh, the, the monster, the drill monster nemesis, because they yeah. Oh well, could I? That's fantastic! I can't wait for that opportunity. Yeah. So so we sort of see. Um, well, we've, we well, according to my notes, which have apparently been quite haphazard at this point, um, I have where we cut. <laughs> we cut back to. I thought this was your favorite movie. But anyway, uh, besides that, we, we cut back to the lab uh, and a uh, professor was talking to Rayma or Raymar or whatever, you know, the, the, the hero. Uh, and he takes him into uh, his laboratory and starts explaining to him this whole Inframan uh-huh. process, which he's been working on for, well, he said life's work, if I'm not mistaken, his life's work. Uh, I don't know how old he is, but anyway, apparently he's been working on this since he was in infancy. But anyway, his last work is the Inframan, and this is the only thing you know he figures will be able to stop this attack. And anyway, as he's explaining all this, uh-huh. you know how he's it's, he's powered by a mini nuclear reactor, however that works, and he's going to have all these little things inserted into his body, and it's going to be quite painful, and this and that, and. Of course, Raymar, being the stand-up guy he is, says, "Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll become. I'll become Yes, you'll 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 suffer the yes, to- all the tortures of hell. And he he asked him, mm-hmm. "Is he sure that he wanted to volunteer?" And that's when he starts giving him all the warnings. That's going to be so painful, and he'll su- you know suffer through hell and everything like that. And I just want to point out, this is China. They'll grab 500,000 people off the street and subject them to experiments that'll kill them just because it's Tuesday. They don't do volunteer. They don't do warnings. Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Say, uh, I'm at a loss. So, so Rayma... Lays down and takes off all his clothes except for a uh, strategically right. uh, placed towel. And it's such a dangerous and complicated procedure to insert all of the mechanics and the workings and the weaponry and replace organs and bones and do everything that this fool does it by himself without a doctor or a nurse in sight. It's one old man and one half-naked Chinese dude in a lab. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. he shoots some kind of liquid in him, and uh, then he begins, uh, yeah, just all kinds of electrodes and whatever all over his body, his head, and uh, very... But he doesn't put anything in him. He's just laying there and looking at it, and then as he's laying there, the (laughs) film overlays pictures crude drawings of the quote unquote right, right. internal works yes. of the inframan over the guy who's just laying there so you see a leg and then flash 
There's a drawing of a robot leg in the inside of there. Ooh, the I kind of like the crudeness of the effects. I kind of, I don't know. It, uh, it's just in its simplicity, I find it quite pleasing the way they chose. Because he could have hacked the guy open with a you know scalpel and putting things in and this and that. But no, uh, I don't know. No, he just sits there and things magically appear inside him. Right, right. Well, you know, maybe he injected a series of nanobots into him with that saran, building uh, the you know the metallic bone structure and things of that nature as we as he sat there and we saw it happening. Maybe uh-huh. imagination uh-huh. is a great thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's about the only thing you can do to imagine this is a good film. Well, yeah, so we are, uh, yeah, we, so we, so we sort of see these flashing, you know, images of the bone, the metal bone, reinforced bones and all sort of thing uh, inside Raymar's body and, you know, uh, his head and all of that. Until finally we get to the final, well, actually almost to the final stage when, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the satellite... Uh, you know, lab is attacked, right? Am I wrong? Oh, well, he, yes. he jumps up. And well, the power goes off first, though, remember? He almost dies. Tanfer, man. I thought this was your little oh, yeah. you don't remember yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, I. I'm watching this out, man. But, uh. Yes. Yeah, the, the, they send the plant monster to right. uh, attack the satellite station. And the satellite station, which is apparently the hub and only part of the entire world that, can, that has any capability of defending the Earth from 10 million year old dragon mom and her guar extra rejects um they are they have such security at this place they don't realize there's giant vines climbing all over the building and breaking windows until right. someone gets pulled up by the freaking yeah vine. that's true it's a heck of a security system you got there, Tony. Yeah, you think they would have some sort of warning before it got to that point, I, I, I think. You know, they could zero in on, on all these other things, but uh, they kind of missed the security system, really. Then They didn't. Yeah, sure, they didn't. sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, and the plant. Well, what do you think oh, of the plant monster, gosh. first of all? Let's, let's dig, dig at that a little bit. Uh, let's dig to the roots. Of the plant monster. Again, again, these are people that would be laughed off of a guar stage. Their costume is so bad. Uh, the plant monster has just got this weird face. It's green, and it looks like tentacles, but I, they're supposed to be vines. But when everything's made out of really poorly painted foam rubber, you kind of lose some of the detail. And so... It's there. Uh, it's there to destroy the satellite station so that they don't monitor Dragon Mom. Now, if right. Dragon Mom's so incredibly powerful, 
and so unstoppable. Why does she have to destroy the station so she can stop being monitored before good point. they do the big That's attack? A very good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the people are being people are being attacked by these plant tendrils. It 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 makes me harken back to twenty thousand leagues under the sea when Kirk Douglas is Grabbing right, the table right. and making you know fighting himself with it. Uh, I, I I happen to know that there's a uh, in existence a videotape of the Star Trek experience out in California that had a more realistic yeah. and believable. And that is true. That does exist. That was in this movie. Exactly what you're referring to. And you're right. It might be more realistic than <laughs> this. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to uh, check check the Kakaida Libre page. It probably will be now, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, um, this monster he can sort of um, he sort of I don't know if you say dissolve, but sort of plant himself into a surface and then reemerge. You know, through another surface uh, to get inside a building or whatever. Be- because you know, with the transporting power that these pe- that the monsters have, they transport. Even though you're in the next room, they'll right. transport you from that room into the next room. Zap, and so rather than just zap him there, no, 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 he's got to do. He's got to walk. He's got to freaking walk. He's walking. Some monster, other guy's yes. walking. Yep. The the drill monster was walking, was he not? Yeah, so the drill monsters, they're just walking to the satellite spot. La 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 la. And instead of being transported and doing the damage, or I don't know, why don't you zap the people who are in the, the, the satellite station <laughs> out and put them over the ocean and let them drown? That know. wouldn't be near as uh, fun to watch. So the plant monster actually proved to be a the opponent uh, to to you know to these guys. Uh, He puts up quite a fight, and they uh, he actually does quite a lot of damage, uh, you know, to 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 the uh, satellite uh, station, if you will. And uh, you know, he's trashing the place. Let's be honest; he's throwing these guys all over the place. And uh, there's a couple scenes where you can see the ripped, you know, trousers of these uh, these poor guys as they're thrown across the room, and they spread their legs, and then you know, rips, which uh, you know, right? Because everybody's wearing a, a silver lame suit because it's yeah, and apparently tears is very easy. So science. yeah, yeah, they're all dressed yeah, like in these crazy silver. Uh, oh, yeah. There again. It goes along with the feel of the film, though. They've got the silver suits, the blue, you know, um, or whatever color they were, motorcycle helmets with the lightning bolt uh, insignia on it uh, and, and, and such. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the really, realistically, to take Inframan out of this equation, I think he pretty much would have just destroyed everyone and that would have been the end of it. But, but Inframan... Dun, dun. But <laughs> the power gets turned back on after the power goes off due to the plant monitor. They they hit a 
something and you know regenerate the power long enough to finish the transformation uh from simple human to this uh, bionic superman if you will and he becomes Inframan. you know one of the more breathtaking scenes of the film in my opinion uh-huh right so he uh goes from a naked guy with a towel over his crotch to some guy who's wearing a Red leather uh, uniform with the big giant helmet with big bug eyes and the antenna, and they just appear. It just appears, and so what's he do? Well, they show some guy jumping on, doing flips off a trampoline, uh, like seventeen times in a row. Not him doing seventeen flips. I'm saying they're showing right. him doing a flip, 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 flip. This repeat, 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 over and over again, and then. Inframan, our hero, starts wrecking the lab for no reason. I'm gonna smash this and kick yeah. this over and well, boom, bang, boom. He was a little for no reason. I thought the whole point was to stop the lab from being destroyed. But... Well, he was oh, a little okay. excited about his was it not feng shui enough for you there, buddy? What was uh, you know, it is what it is. He had to test his powers, I think. So he was like, I'll, you know, knock over this silver PVC pipe railing that is, you know, balanced. You know, but yeah. Uh-huh. So, that, so then, that while the whole lab is under attack, Professor gives him a rundown of his powers. You've got this, you've got that, and you can look through walls. And so he looks to the walls yeah. and see all his friends being torn apart by a plant monster. Now, mind you, he just looked through a wall. The wall separates this lab from the main part. I know this because they came from the main part into the lab through what was called normally a door. And so, after looking through with his X-ray vision, that he can see, he decides he needs to go save everybody after having a way too long conversation right. about what he can do with his newfound powers. So, Inframan, wanting to be there as quickly as possible, bounce, 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 backflip, backflip. Right. Suddenly, he is outside flying. Why is he outside flying? He had to go through the door, which was right there. So he goes outside front somehow. He's just there and then he's not. He's just outside and then bouncing around. And right. Then he's outside. <laughs> right. That's true. Monster. He is. He's he's fighting the uh, large tentacles of this 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 beast. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. At what at which point when he shows up. There's some woman with two kids, and they start yelling, it's Inframan. Now, number one, why are you just right. hanging around this satellite station, which is the most secure and government-ready place to be? It should have been guarded. It should have been Fort Knox. It should have been no civilians allowed, but these people are just hanging around, I don't know, having a picnic, and then boom. Oh, it's Inframan. Really? Because he was just created 38 seconds ago. I didn't get the memo. 
Did you get an email or a text that I didn't? How did you get this knowledge? I think, settle down, settle down, you hothead. I, I think those people that you were just talking about were actually related to uh, the professor. Professor Shane. Ah, so he'll just show them his secret plans. Right. Because that's the way <laughs> secrets work. They, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, apparently, maybe he had uh, this had been some sort of dinner table talk, maybe that he had been working on this, uh, for, for, for his life. I don't remember. Or, or the reality of the situation is they wanted the it's Superman moment, but they can't do that because that would require a plot and <laughs> some sort of idea of where they this is well, going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a film. That's one way of looking at it. Some sort of subtext, some sort of setup, some sort of explanation. But no, we just see some guy in a red suit pop up. And no, it's not Eddie Murphy from the comedy special it's he had on HBO. Much, no, much better than Eddie Murphy, in my opinion. We know. <laughs> he wore the red leather much better than Eddie Murphy. At, at which point, Inframan shows up and starts fighting the monster, and it is, and I was so, and this is genuine. This was a genuine, not just you know I'm I'm angry because this is so bad. This was a, I am hurt. Right. I am so disappointed because this is Shaw Brothers. You know Shaw Brothers. What well, the whole right. point of the Shaw Brothers was to make kung fu movies, and they have. Some spectacular, I'm not, you know, not, not as sure. movies go, but the fight scenes and such, and the kung fu and and the choreography in so many of the stuff is brilliant. Exactly. It's amazing. It's you know groundbreaking. It was it 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 bypassed culture, and you know it went from just being something they were making for China and Hong Kong to. You know, an American phenomenon, a worldwide phenomenon, so that, you know, you get years and years later, these movies that have been played in these crappy theaters, they played them in, you know, the, the poorer parts of cities, and so many African Americans just glommed on to this, and they knew this, True. and it birthed the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> it shouldn't have, because that sucks too, yes. but I'm just saying... This was something that reached people with its artistry, with its choreography, with its... And this is the worst oh my freaking God. kung fu I have ever freaking seen. When I am sitting there thinking uh, uh, Jaguar Huang was doing so much better well, yeah, yeah. from uh, Ninja Terminator that this was horrible. It was, other than, like, five mm -hmm. decent kicks and a couple of flips, this wasn't anything that I could not do. Because it was all just, like, big swings and straight arm swings and, like, a backup and then slapping at the hand that's coming at you and, you know, going up behind somebody with a straight arm and just sort of hitting at them and they'll fall over. It was wow. horrible, and I was utterly disappointed. And the the pathetic, p 
pathetic quality well, of fight scenes. Okay, here's my pushback. If I if I'm <laughs> You're right, absolutely. First of all, you're right about the Shaw Brothers phenomenon. Great stuff. I mean, you've got, you know, Kid with the Golden Arm, Five Deadly Venoms, and so forth. I mean, great stuff. We all grew up watching that stuff. Um, What they did here, though, I think, in a lot of ways, they were trying to get away from the typical kung fu style of fighting, which we grew up with watching in all of those films, and wanted to emulate more of the Japanese style superhero fighting, since this was their, you know, first into this genre so you saw a lot more of the long broad arm movements like an ultraman kind of vibe more uh, almost like a wrestling uh vibe which you see a lot more of that in the toei uh superhero shows and the subrea shows as well and all of those um so i think they were kind of going for a different fighting style and taking into consideration that while these guys did a lot of really breathtaking moves in those Kung Fu films. They weren't often wearing the huge, like you said earlier, these foam rubber suits or, or fiberglass helmets that you really, you have a little eye hole that you can see a little bit straight ahead. You really have no peripheral vision. It's all about you know, that constant choreography and hopes that you can do a scene without just killing yourself or somebody else. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert is almost legally blind. Right, right. And he wielded a sword without having any vision whatsoever. So you know what? You know what? You know, takes care of the whole yes. uh, excuse Brass. of oh, you can't see out of this coast. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's what I'm saying. I think practice there was a lot of practice. practice. That went on, but you're still limited by, you know, the, the, the weight of the suits, first of all. And like I said, you know, of course, you, you covered the vision thing very nicely. That's true. Because he, without glasses, he's pretty much toast. I mean, he can't see Lambert. So, I mean, you're right about that. So, it's all about the practice, practice, practice. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I just take all those things into consideration. They were trying to emulate a different style of fighting that sort of broke out of the typical, you know, kung fu mold, I think, and maybe tried to uh, capitalize on the Japanese style, I think. So it's, it wasn't quite as dynamic as, as watching a typical Shaw Brothers kung fu film. You're absolutely right. Uh, but I think there's something in, in the simplicity of the fighting. If you go back and watch a show like Ultraman or even Common Rider, you'll see a lot more of the straight arms and this, you know, things of that nature, not so much of the just really over the top Kung Fu type stuff, uh, because I don't know, but it seems different for some reason. Well, yeah, because it's a different style and I understand that, Oh, you have the limitations with helmets and costumes and such, but still Shaw brothers. And it was just an utter disappointment, you know. Not not something that made me angry like every other part of this movie, but it was but a it disappointment. Did. I'm like, you know, acrobatics. You got to admit that lots that. of acrobatics, uh, and, the flipping. And... <laughs> no, there weren't acrobatics. It was it was a guy doing a trampoline and a, and a you're like, oh, I can do well, a backflip on my trampoline. Film a to me, that use it 500 times. Boing, 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 boing. 
it was it was a couple it was a couple of backhand springs and which were obviously not the guy who played Raman or whatever his name is. Uh, it was obviously not him doing the actual stuff. I don't know what he was doing. Other than standing there occasionally and, and throwing some clumsy fists and a half-hearted kick. But as far as anything that was done when he wasn't transformed to Inframan, if it was anything past what Grandma could do with her good hip surgery, well, then he wasn't yeah, doing it. You know, I don't think – I think I'm sure there were stunt doubles, of course, in the suit. I know Danny Lee, who who, who played Inframan, uh, who went on to be in the John Woo's – the killer as well as oh he i mean he's had an illustrious career really starting off back then with a lot of the shaw brothers films and things he was in goliathon uh, also known as the mighty peking man which was the shaw brothers king kong uh film and uh oily maniac and some other things but he's he's had a long career but i think uh he was in the suit part of the time. a long career <laughs> like so many career, right time that's true but uh Well, I mean, he but his whole his whole career is literally just based around the fact he kind of looked like Bruce Lee, and you know, oh, we'll cast this guy as the you know, well. Rate. Speaking of that, we yeah. also had uh, besides Danny Lee, we had uh, Bruce uh, Lay, or I think that's how you it's L E. Bruce Lay was also yeah, right. But uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, the guy I'm made, thinking of. Oh Bruce gosh, Lay, last time I looked, I think it was probably at least a couple dozen Bruce Lee or. Bruce flicks as they call them so yeah you're right but uh yeah i think uh danny lee um i think he was in the suit part of the time i doubt he did all those stunts i really have a hard time believing it but i have seen photos of him with the helmet off so i know he was in the suit at least part of the time because uh, i know he wasn't he wasn't accomplished much well but then again he was the star so i'm sure they didn't want him breaking his neck or anything but hey that never stopped jackie chan so who knows right yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it didn't break his crowd. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I know what you're saying. If you're really, you were sort of expecting something a little different on the fight scene, that, you know, that might have been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. More of a sci fi. Right. right. And then, and then, of course, the whole fight scene ends with, uh, Ultraman pulling out a couple of little spiky things from right. his pockets that are on his abdomen and then throwing them <laughs> in a manner which I have seen you try to do yes I have yes thousands of times over our lives whether just whether just trying to do it for fun in the house or wasting your money at the old state fair as you take the yeah. dart throw it like an <laughs> Like an orangutan. Like a, this is how an orangutan would throw. And like, okay, dude, you just lost three dollars because the balloon is like huge, but you just right. Throw it. It was the right. Hit the old lady behind you. You're right. Happens, but uh, but he takes these darts yeah. and whips them mightily through the air, and they land. Completely circular around the plant monster, <laughs> and the sparklers go yes. off. Woo sparklers! Yeah, yeah they, they kills them. And that so you can cross that one. Plant yes. 
<laughs> so yeah. Oh, I cross a lot Here. of things off my list. Now. Then soon after, we cut back to Mount Devil, where uh, something we had forgot to mention earlier: two mean one of the other science guys had been kidnapped and. Uh, Yeah, he got kidnapped by right, the drill monster right. after the drill monster overturned Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> He's not lying. And uh, uh, took him back that took him back to the cave. Go <laughs> my pista. Okay. Uh, uh, you're my prisoner. I'm not going to kill you yet. And brainwash him. And they just put him somewhere and. Oh my god. I, the the sequence of that was just beyond ridiculous. And then you had who what was the other girl? Oh yeah, her name yeah. Was she what, demon with the eyes in her hand. Yeah. Ah yeah. Was it was that in the well, English actually, dub uh, too? She demon, demon or in or the English dub, English which I in the uh, original uh Chinese version. Yeah. Ah, right. Uh, okay. I knew there were two different names. But honest. Didn't care enough to learn them. I don't know which name um, I like better. Though. They're both kind of catchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much like my clients, I just I hope they're not listening. The name. No one is. The ratings, my friend. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so he gets brainwashed. Uh, yeah, oh. that happened. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, blah blah blah. They end up releasing him back to the satellite station to sort of infiltrate the uh, the lab and steal the the blueprints for him. Kind of his mission there. Um, they, everybody's asking him right. where he's been if he's right. okay. And, he's, and and of course, when you're captured by somebody who has technology to destroy the earth and can transform into things and and you know can zap people here, thither and yon, you just take that person's word that yeah, I'm fine. It couldn't be like a parasite growing in his brain. It couldn't be that he was brainwashed by some really bad cheesy drawn-on effects from a girl that had bad <laughs> gloves that didn't even fit her hands, you know. Couldn't be anything like right, that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Close you know. to the secrets. <laughs> oh. so, so what did he do? I, I don't even know at this point. I mean, I, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Next well, what happened was he basically gets in there and steals the plans and escapes. You know, he uh, beats up the one guard, gets in there, steals the plans, escapes. Okay. And, um, yeah, pretty much after that, um, they have, like, a motorcycle bike chase. I think it was, uh, yeah, Bruce Lay gets on his motorcycle and chases him. Uh, I guess he's heading back to the lab. And anyway, the spider attacks at that point and stops Bruce Lay, uh, you know, in pursuit. And then that whole, uh, you know, the, the red spider monster. And then uh, that's when that battle sort of begins. So uh, th- that is what he, he kind of did. A yeah, bed he bug. did look like a bed that, bug. That's what it looked yeah. like. It looked like a bed bug. It didn't look like a spider. Oh. 
But what they were going to do the? I think I, I um, thought that the upgrade was before well, the spider monster attacked. Um, because he, he had, the, I think he came right after that. Yeah. Because when they get the plans, they study them. Remember, and she figures out. Oh, yeah. Oh, but that's later. That's later when she gets that because right. I just got you know the thunderball. You, I will give you a thunderball fist. Now, if someone just says, I'm going to give you a thunderball fist, I'm not going to know what that person means. <laughs> but this guy's response hey, is, I could have such a thing. Everybody in this movie fist, knows I awful say the same thing. thing. I can have such a thing? Hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would. But You're right. I, I think mean, that scene did come first because it was kind of out of context. Mental. Like, uh, That's cool that he's got them, but does he need them? What does he? What does he need these for? Okay, right. And then, um, yeah, it's, it, the the skeleton yeah, people. Like which okay, I'll give you credit. I kind of like the skeleton yeah. costumes. The those were actually sort of cool. Uh, and uh, they're fighting this guy, and he's not even. Uh, no, he fights in yeah in his human form for quite some time. Inframan, right? And I'm just, um, you know, I'm looking at this, and I was reminded. Do you remember the episode of the Cosby Show when Theo and two of his friends went to go see a kung fu movie, and then the one guy came back and was doing all the great kung fu moves. You know, with the snake and and everything, and it was doing. Uh-huh. He could move his lips. And no, but it sounds fascinating. Twist, so that even, do you remember this episode at all? I'll have to look it up. Oh my gosh, that was like one of the greatest episodes. We're, uh, we're so hungry, Father. Have some rice ball, please. Uh, is you know, and doing all sorts of kung fu and making the sounds as he went along. And I was just thinking, the kid who did that would do. <laughs> Just as good or better against the skeleton monsters. This is such a poor oh, fighter. Wow. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to have to investigate that episode of the uh, the cop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you should. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Uh, you know, because the guy was it, it was an excellent little sequence. You know, the the guy was doing his own little swooshes and hits and thumps and everything like that, and um making comments and his <laughs> lips were moving completely other than what is cool. coming out of his mouth and oh it was great it was yeah. great I, I i'm honestly surprised you don't remember that one because i I'm remember sure us talking about it crazily for months my memory will uh, come back i'm because, sure again, we're old and we saw it when it happened <laughs> that's right on my alley yes <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's sadly, he was only cool, in the one and then you don't utilize them, and then your series no, flops eventually. Kind of... Yeah, and you jump the shark. Right, yes, and that's then you how bring it works. Oh no, god, we land. Exactly. So we have an extended battle scene with the bed bug, and it literally is just Power Rangers. It's you know yet. People are getting hit, and when they're getting hit, like there's smoke bombs going off. There's all sorts of stuff going on. 
Um, he does, yes. He actually intervenes and uh, starts shooting point. lasers at Inframan as a distraction. Yes, yes. That's right. Out of his horns. And mm-hmm. uh, they're doing this next to a, a lake of some sort. And you can absolutely tell the, the Inframan, when he gets shot or shot at, right. He, the guy in the suit just literally just throws himself into the lake. There's no, there's no concussiveness that's blowing yeah. back. He's just like, yeah, throws himself back, and you know, then he's in the lake and he's swimming in the lake, and the yak monster can't even get close to him. But every time <laughs> anyone touches the water, it explodes. Uh, they had so many. Water yeah. air cannons underneath that lake. I just that it, it was crazy, it's just because it's just geyser, 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 geyser. And then of course you go back. Right, and which for that time I always liked that effect. Like I always thought that was pretty effective, and, you know. And not that it was a new effect that had been going on for decades and in, in other films, but uh, I dated back. Right, and and, and reach the pinnacle. And reached uh, the pinnacle just a couple of years The Phantom of the later. Opera? I missed that one. The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh, Phantom, kind of the parent. Of, Thought I had missed that on something the great there for a second. Right. That was, that what happened here? I missed something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so he fights. Yeah, he ends up uh, ends up killing the yak monster, as you call him. Uh, yeah, and uh, doesn't he just pretty much blow him up? He shoots him and he just sort of blows, blows up, I think. Yeah. The, the, the bug, which is coming up right, is right so here in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Except for the that, bug. You had to like that. Come on now. I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing I have to wonder about is if, you know, as the professor said, no one can defeat you. Why is Inferman getting his butt kicked left and right? I mean, if he's so tough, why is he just you know being thrown around? And it's so difficult. I think in a lot of these situations, uh, like let's jump back to Japan again for a second. Like an Ultraman episode, he's fighting these monsters which are just really destroying Japan, but he doesn't necessarily want to kill them. He wants to subdue them if possible, so he doesn't use his full strength, which oftentimes ends poorly, of course, but he's trying not to take a life. So I'm wondering if they were sort of trying, even though these, these guys were obviously had an agenda to destroy and rule the world or whatever, but I think maybe, maybe he wasn't giving it his all until he had to give it his all. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going to call you stretch Armstrong from now on. Because you stretch and you stretch and you stretch, desperately <laughs> trying to find some connection or reason for that. And then, there's no reason for that. And there should never be a reason for that. It was not, no, it was just, we've got to kill time. So beat him up for 20 minutes and then we'll go. Right. Kill, Except in this scene, like you said, because no um, after he kills the, uh, the longhorn monster there, he ends up back fighting the bed bug, as you call them. 
uh, or spider monster. I mean, beetle monster. He's been called all sorts of right. things, but the bug monster, I think is, is appropriate. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, they're battling it out and, you know, this and that mixing it up a bit. And then, uh, the, the, the bug monster suddenly decides to grow giant to a giant size, which I like the effect they used here. And I know it wasn't anything, um, probably super elaborate, you know, but the fact that they show him in one take swelling up, you know what I mean? Uh, it's not a series of cuts or flashing lights or any of this. Hoopla. They just show him grow. And I think it's just some sort of perspective trick or whatever with the cameras, but he grows. No, it was the picture. Way, the I love the way it looks. Image that they <laughs> and, then, and then once this happens, of course, Intraman does the same thing. He <laughs> emulates the, the trick and he grows uh, giant as well. And also there. Well, you're, miss you're missing one of the great scenes. Of this yeah, movie I'm surprised to hear you say that. But you know, yeah, choking on my own vomit as I say that. Yeah. Yeah. Great scene. Oh, great scene. Where Inframan right, right, right. starts doing backflips in the sky. <laughs> so they've got a blue background, which is the sky, <laughs> and they've got smoke on the ground, which is the clouds, and these they got a guy doing, you know, backflip <laughs> through the sky, yes. which makes so little sense. I mean, it just makes no sense. Whatsoever it makes right. no sense. And then, of course, he grows giant and is beating up the bed bug. And then, you know, I don't know if you <laughs> noticed this, but the bed bug's crotch starts tearing to shreds, too. That costume. So he's got this big tear in, in, the, in the crotch area um, before he gets like thrown the into the whatever that was. Yeah. electrical film. Yeah, the power. And yeah, then and then that's, that's a classic scene. Shrunk you, down and then you get the whole slow-mo of the giant Inframan boom, boom, sort of walking towards them. Well, <laughs> it's no, it's no toe-choking scene. Well, yeah, it's, it's a close second, I guess. <laughs> and then you get the perspective, you know, looking down at the little yeah. Yeah. bug monster, making the little high-pitched, you know, little whatever they always do when things are small. And then just the boot just slowly coming right, down, and right. then the and all. The... Yeah, it's that ex it's that extra little squish because you see the boot and there's you know green blood around the hands and legs yeah. of this thing. There's and then you see one big splat like a giant. Yeah, it is. Suit. Come out that's from right the boot. Right that's actually pretty good. That's gross, a great scene. Take it. If, if you hate the rest of the movie, you gotta at least you gotta like that scene. Oh okay. Lord. <laughs> I tolerated that scene. Yes. <laughs> so then I have in my notes after this happens, that's when we cut to uh Dragon Mom studying the plans, uh, you know. Right, right. So the the somehow oddly enough, um, Dragon Mom has the same computer program from ten million years ago that China just developed, 
for the satellite station. <laughs> Independence Day, anyone? Anyway. God, I hated that. Uh, so they're flipping through this, and a 10, min- 10 million year old monster that has a hand that is literally a dragon's right. head permanently holding a whip. Um, you know, again, 10 million years old is flipping through this and apparently, apparently is so. an yeah. expert on electronic schematics. Stop saying yes. that. <laughs> you know, even as a, as a kid right. when I saw this movie, that scene always made me scratch my head a little bit because I, I I was always like, you know, she says, oh, it would be easy to damage his hand, you know, from that one little image. Okay, that's how we're going to take him out. It would be easy to damage his hand. I thought this scene as a kid was quite pointless because as we discussed earlier, he already had the Thunderball fist installed. So it's kind of like a little too late to, to you know what I mean? Yes, but you know that was before that's true. that. that right. was so it's sort of like the jokes on you, Dragon Mom. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, Princess Dragon Mom. Oh God. So the brainwashed guy yep, yep. and was it Drill Monster? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna go back and they're gonna just yeah with a, with a mirror bomb. Nothing too tech- technical, now. just a bunch of dynamite in the way it looks like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not a bomb. Not yeah. a bomb. A bundle of dynamite that they apparently <laughs> purchased from a coyote <laughs> on the side of the road. After yeah, you get, yeah, get you're, the you're right, right, you're right. <laughs> It is the only way it could have been more cartoony was that they actually drew a cartoon of the right, dynamite. Right. It might as well have said Acme on it. You know, it could have been, it should have had a little uh, uh, credit. <laughs> dynamite provided by Chuck yeah. Jones. No. That's what it should have been. And the, and the, oh, yeah. and the hmm. thing is, is that this is a giant. Yeah. Station, it is enormous. But you're gonna put a, sta- a, a bundle of eight dynamite sticks just in one spot and think it's gonna do That's anything. True. That is true. Other than take out a few rooms. Well, and right, they are. People see them. Well, well, first off, you got the family who's just hanging around the satellite joint because you know that's what we do. Um, then the kid goes into a cave and he gets discovered. And then one of the workers discovers these pe- discovers this. And right. instead of, since the goal is to kill all humans mm-hmm. and kill yes. everyone in the satellite station. <laughs> you just tie them up and put a miss- bag in their mouth. Yeah. Instead of killing them with, I don't know, the drill, your giant hammer claw, just strangle them, stab them with something sharp laying around, 
uh, tell the right. government that they badmouth Chairman Mao, something that would kill him. But no, you don't do that. You just tie him up and put a rag in the mouth. And we all know that a rag. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention mouth, that because Margaret, uh, my beautiful wife, was watching the film with me last night. Um, or I should say, bearing you know, sitting through the film uh, against her will, sort of. She was trying to be kind, I'll put it that way. But anyway, she she, she made it through the film. Uh, but she had mentioned the fact that, like, well, that's... <laughs> but did she make it but to the marriage? That, that was a great one. Yeah, that was good stuff. Is that what that call from her was about? Is that, um, is that the call from her was about? You're out of your mind. <laughs> As I was saying, uh, no, the rags, the rag things. He said the same thing. He's like, couldn't they just spit the rags out? You know, and I'm like, well, sure. <laughs> sure they could. And then also, uh, of course, they're going to, like you said, they're going right. to blow up the place. And uh, of course, Inframan shows up and, and saves the day. He swoops in, grabs the bomb, flies it out of a, I think it's a skylight or something. Oh, 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 you can't That's just too, say too, he too. in and grabs the bomb. No, 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 no. Right, right. Rayma comes in in human form, sees the yes. people tied up with the cartoon bomb sitting next to him, and a fuse right. that is a good two and a half feet long and burning. So what does Rayma do? Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta go through the whole big long transformation, and then you gotta bounce around for twenty minutes, and you gotta do backflips, and you gotta fly for the freaking air outside, and then, and only then, do you come in and pick up the bomb and fly it out instead of oh, I don't know, merely walking ten feet across the room. Removing the or, that would have been pretty boring. Putting it out. Yeah, come on. It's yeah. an episode of Quincy well, or something. You know, I mean, we're watching an action better. movie. <laughs> Make sure that could Right. <laughs> would have been pretty action. anticlimactic action. at that point. I think I may have walked out if that happened. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna remake it for man and just gonna leave it just that I'm gonna leave it all the same. Uh, I still gonna walk it. over and yeah, you got you know, pee on the fuse and be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh brother. <laughs> so then what what do we got next? What do you got in your super elaborate notes here? Mm-hmm. I just got I, I don't know I know a lot of stuff happened, but the next thing yeah. I got is that there's a boat. And the monsters are on a that. boat, and the yeah. boat has its own monster. That's flag. what I thought. They have their own oh, monster boat here. Like, really? I mean, it's... are you kidding me? Yeah. Why do they have a freaking boat? Like a normal, you know, boat. It's it's not even like a a tricked out like ooh, it's a monster boat, you know, made out of a skull or something. It's just a boat. It's like you went down to the marina and said, ooh, I like that one. Laid out the cash, and Fisherman John handed you the key. Yeah, and the title you got in and planted a monster pirate flag on it. You know, drove across the sea. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. And then I've got this weird little thing, and I noticed it about this time. Um, 
and this is something that I'm that looking back at at, at the you know sure. scarring of the Power Rangers that I've had to endure. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, again, only with you. Yes. Um, the the people who are playing the monsters mm-hmm. are always yeah. moving. They always. always look like they're swimming. If you notice that, they always look like they're trying to tread water, mm-hmm. and their arms. The arms always are always moving backwards in a circle. It's like, oh, move backwards. But they're always <laughs> doing that. And, and once I noticed that, it became so annoying. It just became it's like, like I wasn't mad enough about having to watch this or seeing this or enduring this or it, it, it even existing. You know, this, but then on top of it, I've got to watch some guy swim backwards in the backstroke in a monster suit. Constantly. Yeah. No, I, now that you mention it, that that's a very common thing with those monsters. Yeah, they're always moving the arm. Yeah. They always and and, I, and once I noticed that, I'm like, oh my god! Every time you see any of the Power Ranger beasts or, or, or the other four million things you you spewed off, they're all moving constantly. Yeah, that's true. That's swimming very, backwards. Very, uh, very it always looks like that. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they kidnapped. But the then daughter, they're at the boat. The, the, I guess his daughter. She's on the boat with them, and they're taking uh, her to the hideout, which I guess okay. you have to get to by boat. I guess, but I don't know. But yeah, well, you know, you you drill monster the plant walked. Excuse me, they're taking a boat demon, from Mount but demon, everybody the, else. Drove a motor, rode a motorcycle or a Jeep or what? So, uh, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah. The suspension of belief is what makes the film so fun. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then there's more fighting, and I guess Rama is fighting as, uh, in, in his human form, right, right, they are, yeah, but yeah. the but the monsters are calling him Inframan. They maybe a memo. They do, How you know. They're, they they're more advanced, so maybe she sent out a thing, you know, saying that Raymar is Inframan or and vice versa. So they knew. Uh huh. Sure, sure, because you know, I, I guess that you know, once everyone knows the Inframan right. exists before he exists. <laughs> And your hatred groweth. Yes. <sighs> okay. Oh, it groweth. Okay, it so they've got the daughter. Like we've got we've established that the daughter's yeah. been captured, and she has asked for the professor to be brought to the island to discuss plans to build them an infra person of sorts. Yeah. Right. Build me in from in. But not from human, not for the humans, and otherwise to destroy your daughter. Sure. Now, as a father, I can understand exactly. you'd not want to let your daughter die, and and everything. I understand that. I get it. But if your goal <laughs> is to save the human <laughs> race, you gotta make a sacrifice. Well, you know, I'm gonna go save my daughter. I'll build you a monster for your own that can defeat everybody, well, and then you'll use it to kill you me. Gotta but you know, <laughs> it seems like it seems like a mass extinction. Yeah, because let's face it, her steps. initial plan has not changed. She still plans on taking over the world, basically killing all. Humanity. 
So either way you slice it, they're dead. You have right? to go to the world and kill all the humans, here. and uh, you know. And but if she starts with the Shaw brothers and this production company people who work for it, well, I, I think one reason he was—I don't, don't know—probably, uh, I don't know. Uh, the the scene where they took uh, was a two Ming, and she drops him into the the hole in the floor that is full of fire and burns him up into ash. As an example, it's still... Right. Yeah, she rather enjoyed yes. that display. Now, she says she's going to do that to the daughter, you know, if you don't, uh, you know, follow my plans. Right. Right. That's, There's that's, a freaking trap door. It's yeah, just like, oh, that's a pretty trap much all door. it is. But that's Who what has a trap door? You burn up at 6,000 degrees. He's less than that now. <laughs> what? Can you slow that down? Can yeah, you she was down a little wound up. Just for yeah, a second. you're right. Yes. A little wound up. Sure, sure. The big battle, yes. Oh, you're right. And there's the big battle out front, which he, which he, the, the main, the main bad guy there right. is the guy that looked like a Chinese yeah. dragon. Because he had like the weird long mustache and, and, and of course, yeah. he was the one that I really noticed was <laughs> swimming, and then it really became. So boring. yeah, so he has to battle him um, for a good five, ten minutes, whatever it was, and, right? And... Right, and and of course during the during this, the whole right, group yes. of people who work yeah, in the yeah, office do. all show up to help battle for no reason, um, and he. Rama, while he's still in human form, decides that the best way to defeat the army of skeleton men right. is to get on the 78-pound motorcycle that he's been riding and ride down the road, and they'll all just throw themselves off the cliff for no reason, and then he'll run the motorcycle into the chest of yeah. this dragon so monster. He, he turned his transportation uh, into a weapon. Okay. Rather right, than right. turn into you know the indestructible inframan using any of his weapons, right. giant and squishing the guy like a bug. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll just get on a motorcycle and 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 go down a tiny little hill and then zoom it and and it doesn't even show him you know using the motorcycle and jumping off. He just shows. Him rev the motorcycle, and all of a sudden, <laughs> someone's throwing a styrofoam motorcycle at this guy in a costume. And you see Rama crawling up on top of one of the bone structures. And the implication is that he was riding exactly. and jumped that's, off that's the, kind of the, way the I last took minute it. before he crushed the guy with the motorcycle. <laughs> and... Well, and then sure. he finally changes oh, the for man. God, man. Man. Oh, yeah, Jason Man for Man goes inside and is immediately captured. It's not, it's not a, it's not even like he go in and you see him walking through and then gets a trap. It's like the scene is going into the mouth of the dragon, and then the next scene is him bound with the drawn on magical force 
He's captured. <laughs> no, there's not. He, there's, he is immediately captured. No right. He's doing, a, I believe, forward hand springs for some reason into the entrance of the hideout because, let's face it, that just looked cool. But then you're right. He's quickly, uh, you know, uh, sort of captured with this energy whip or whatever it was supposed to be. And, yeah, he's subdued quite quickly. Right. Immediately. Immediately. Uh, and then there's more fighting and he fights the twin robots that have uh, spring heads yeah. and spring hands with maces on the end of them. And he keeps hitting the guy and he'll fall down to the ground and then and the reverse is of the film exactly and what my wife said as like well. Blow up punch dolls. It's like one of his kids. He's a wise woman. I wouldn't trade her for the world. She's a wise woman. <laughs> that's true. That's it's the true. one that just bounces. So that seems, that, imagine being a you know, say a six year old child in a theater watching this movie. You would probably be bananas over this stuff, right? Come on. I would well, still I be screaming at the screen that what's wrong right. with these people? Um, I've never heard of physics. I was an odd six year old. Child, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they do. They freeze in for man. What, re- oh, what, what know, it really looks yeah, like yeah, is that they sprayed that it with the fire walking junk that comes in a can. But one of those. Yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, look at that stuff too. I'm sure the guy. I'm sure <laughs> the guy goodness, that was maybe the stunt man in that scene, so not the star. So that would be uh, okay, I guess. Um, well, the one thing yeah. I noticed about it is when they covered. Mm-hmm. You know, Inframan with the ice oh, yeah. they, or snow they were or whatever. Right there, you right out, really yeah. saw the eye holes in the costume. It's like, you know, you you, you were sort of they're sort of disguised uh, sure, with sure. the helmet that you know yeah, really? because it was had some black in it. You're like, okay, but with yeah. the he- with everything frozen, and you just see two little black holes. I wonder where the guy can see out of. I'm so confused <laughs> as to his ability to act still and be so yeah. blind. Now you can, yeah, it was very obvious at that snow. point. Yeah, it's amazing what a little color can do to hide oh. some uh, some things like that. But yeah, definitely. Oh, and then yeah, with her whip. Yeah, show you how weak you are, and she electrocutes the fire him. hole. Yeah, that trap door and full then, of uh, and then drops him in yeah, the hole. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. There was a psychic right. message from the professor, <laughs> or was it a memory that never happened before? And for men, your your belt, uh, five of your belt, the uh, rockets are designed to heat your body, and so in. Yeah. Creeping up slowly. Oh, yeah. He he sets off his little <laughs> rocket things around him in a perfect circle. The sparklers go off. Oh, the horror! And then he stands up, and they don't even. No, he just uh, do a time lapse. They don't even have the blankety blank common courtesy to do a time lapse of something melting. They just erase 
the image of ice over him and oh this fighting and the in the trap door and he catches himself at the last second and then he comes out of the trap door. Then there's the really big right, right, yes. fight yes, with him yes, and yes, Dragon yes. Mom. Big finale. <clears throat> Dragon Mom, which at one point was a giant creature because she was giant. That's right, yeah. Flew over the car at the beginning of the movie and That's hits true. the road. But doesn't grow giant here. Just turns into the dragon creature with the little whippy wings. <laughs> I mean, Gene Simmons had bigger oh, wings on his costume than this hat. You're probably right. He oh, had a better yeah, chance it's of all flying about this uh, thing. Looking cool. <clears throat> Right, right, and he keeps uh, shooting lasers, which lop off the head. Which yeah, now that scene. Back. What did you think of that and scene? Just standing in a pile. I kind of dug head. it. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> the only thing I would have done differently is, I mean, it's a nice clean cut, but when it falls to the floor, I mean, you can just see there's no neck, you know, there's no bone or sinew or anything, which. I understand that to an extent, but you want a little bit of realism, but you know. If I had that, it yeah. would have been more along the lines of it looked like it was dead, you know, and then the head mm -hmm. would grow out and regenerate and the creature would stand back up. Yeah, right. Uh, that's the way I would mm -hmm. figure. I mean, I'm assuming this is some sort of take on the Hydra, you know, the multi headed Hydra. And that you can't, but it was just the head would the fake. They would throw a fake head down, and then they would, you know, zap in the head again, and then the head would fall right. down. And they would, you know, draw in the head again, and it's just oh, I, um, I don't even remember how in the world she. Killed I mean, he finally her. ends up shooting her with shoot one her of his beams, or it even been out of his thunderball fist at that point. That's what he was. I know he was cutting her head off with that. The blade thing in his fist and then i think he finally ends up firing the fists at her and that ends up you know uh causing her demise you know that that's finally ah ah which oh, and of then course. of course the why would, why cave <laughs> starts collapsing in on itself and right right and they go he gets the professor yes. and the daughter out and then he turns to human. Because when there are rocks falling from the ceiling, the la the first thing you want to do is get rid of the helmet yeah, you're wearing. I, I, yeah, he probably should have just grabbed them up and flew them to safety, but... Uh... Yeah, you know, like the freaking dynamite he used. That would have been great, but no, 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 no. Turn to Rama and... Right. Walk out with rocks falling everywhere and don't protect your cranium. Okay. And then, of yeah. course, since yeah, he rode a motorcycle too. to get there, he takes the boat to leave. And there are children on the boat. Children that weren't captured by the monsters. Children that weren't at Mount Demon. But they're on. <laughs> well, they were. I think they were there as a welcoming committee because they had no doubt in their innocent little hearts that good would prevail, and it did. They. 
I like to believe they How each had a, own, their own little personal jet ski How and they, they just sort the of boat? they made their way to the hideout and hung out in a safety zone until you know, they got the all clear. Suspension of belief, my friend. You got to fill in the blanks. I didn't know that was possible. So the kids are on the boat and they're going away. And Papa, what will happen if the monsters attack us again? Nothing. As long as we have Inframan. And then you get the squintiest little look from Rama I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's got his eyes, got to be like, one twentieth of an yeah, inch. Yeah, that's the open. end of it. Yeah, they cruise off on the boat, and, uh, and the movie. Everybody's over. left wanting more. They want a sequel, ASAP. That's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened. Not everyone. No, not everyone. Well, okay, not we'll everyone. Most, most folks. Not everyone. Not everyone. No, no, no. Because if most folks that's wanted true. to see and sadly you're right. I mean, this film, uh, while it actually, I think it opened pretty, pretty in a pretty popular uh, vein. Uh, it didn't really rake in a lot of money. I think from, <laughs> from what I've read, obviously I wasn't there to read the, you know, the review. Well, I mean, this is before China became a, a you know superpower, and you know where that world yeah, take right, right. of a movie is actually made yeah. mostly out of China's theaters. I mean, this is not this is not today. I mean, this is, you know, 40 odd years ago, 40, 45 years ago almost. Um, so they're not going to have a whole lot of theaters. In China. <laughs> so yeah, open number one in Hong Kong. Well, that's true. All that's true. And uh, I mean, you know, I had read some other opinions on that, that, you know, perhaps you know, when the film came out, you know, it's like mostly kids are going to go see this thing. So are they going to use what little bit of money they have to go to the theater? Or in many of these Asian countries, you could just stay home and watch things like Ultraman on TV for free. So, you know, if you're going to weigh the pros and cons there, you're probably just going to stay home and watch, you know. Right. And, and right. so you're getting something, you're having to spend right. money to see something you see for free. You're also getting, oh, yeah, yeah. even though it was a Shaw Brothers, you know, it was a very Japanese feeling film. I didn't realize until right, right. just a couple of years ago, it wasn't a Japanese thing because it looked so Japanese. You know, it looked just like, uh, you know, your common uh, writer, you know, Kakaidas, all that. It looked all, it was exactly like that. It had the big helmet with the bug eyes and the leather suit. And the foam rubber monsters that were in constant motion. You had just honestly the classic Power Rangers villain of you know some sort of dragon mom. You're right dragon mom. That's the perfect name that they would use now. And so I I, I assume that you know Shaw Brothers were yeah, successful right. in, in Hong Kong and China for the reason that it was a very Chinese feel, and that you're not gonna want because again you look at the history of Japan and China they don't like each other very much and so when you have something that's very Japanese I assume that it would be rejected more likely yeah. than not as opposed to 
a more Chinese feel of a film. I could be wrong. I wasn't there, but just logically, that right, just sort of makes right. sense. It was so that different that at the time. Well simply because it's like that's not what we do here, you know. Yeah, it could be, but maybe not. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, it makes yes. sense. It makes sense a lot of what you're saying. So, I mean, it's it's very, uh, yeah. it's entirely possible that that, you know, uh, played a big part in why there were never, you know, sequels to that film. Because let's face it, it is such a groundbreaking, amazing feast to the eyes, right. especially for a 1975 Hong Kong film that there's no reason, logically, they wouldn't crank out two or three sequels. You know, except it just bombed. It bombed because, it, again, it opened great the, for, on the in the three theaters in Hong Kong, uh, but then that's not going to make your money back, and you're not really going to make your money in a worldwide release at that point because you're playing in theaters that, you know, number one, in 1975, there wasn't even such a thing as a nationwide release. In 1975 in America... Your your movie mm-hmm. would be released in like twenty eight to thirty theaters in one area of the country, and then it would move over to another area, and then move over to another area. There weren't, you know, more than fifty or sixty copies of a movie floating around at any given time until Jaws. None of that happened. Jaws didn't even have a nationwide release. It just became so popular that that became the model. After that, it was the years. Following Jaws, Star Wars had the nationwide release, which was, you know, odd for what it was. And so you're not going to have hundreds and hundreds of theaters playing this that you might get, you might hit in one area and miss in another, but you'll at least make some money because you can only set it up in 10, 15 theaters. We'll go to New York, and then if that doesn't work there, maybe go to L.A., and if that doesn't work, we're right. kind of out of luck because there's no one else going to play something like this in America. Right. Uh, so no, that's-, that's back when we had sense that no one would play this. And I wish that we could go back to that time when no one would play this. I wish that YouTube would not well, play apparently this. YouTube won't play it unless you buy it or rent it, which I find ludicrous, not play this. Uh, which is why I had to uh, send you an alternate uh, area to watch it in. Um, uh, yeah, I found that very, um, not disturbing, but annoying, I guess I should say, because most of the films we review here are on YouTube, so it's easy for us, uh, especially not being in the same uh, vicinity, to watch them the same version and uh the fact that they wanted to charge you to watch it on youtube whereas you right. could go to a site like daily motion or even the internet archive which i just found a couple of days ago and i had posted those links on my uh super Inframan society facebook page yeah like we don't have enough viruses floating around now hey, you know i do what i i sacrifice for my people is what i do i sacrifice <laughs> you sacrifice your laptop for your people if you keep going to that site, dude. The CDC's is that is that the FBI gonna be paying you? The CDC's oh, gonna be paying you. Watch your, your dirty mouth. Down. You oh, virus, <laughs> don't curse me like that. I people for your benefit, you know. So you can expand your knowledge and uh, <laughs> get, get get the word out to the masses about these hidden gems. So uh we, we're here doing this uh, 
this uh, thankless job every oh couple my weeks. god oh you you you, you, you think your job is thankless I'm the one that has to endure this stuff. You enjoy it. Other than the one movie, uh, the, the, well, the Thanksgiving movie. Other than that film, I've never I'm not known myself to not, like to not enjoy these crap fests. fests. But uh, that one. So for you, it's not a thankless yeah. job. For you, it's like, oh, cool. I get to have an excuse to watch a crap fest. You know? Oh, babies, I, I'd love to watch that rom-com starring mm, yeah. whatever blonde. Well, you know, week. the sacrifices yeah, we made. I, I felt I, I made quite a sacrifice watching that Thanksgiving fiasco. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you now know, you hated, you hated, hated that, that one, but you also hated the Christmas one. Now forever. you say you hate the Inframan one Just more than any of them? Is that... See, I didn't hate the the Thanksgiving one. I just hated it in general terms. It wasn't special hatred. Sure, sure. You know, and and the Christmas one was my least favorite just simply because it dealt with Christmas, and I don't like anything to do with Christmas. And 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 so, but it wasn't the worst movie. This is literally the worst movie and my least favorite thing that I've ever done. Like, I just can't stand it. Like, I didn't like Christmas because it was a Christmas movie, but I, I hate hated this movie it ignited the passion in me to just want to scream at you and it really wanted me to just i don't know cut the brake lines on your car and push you down a sharp hill the jokes on you have a 10 speed so this is what this inspired me to do i just can't dream on I'll, I'll release the gear. Goodness. Uh, well, I just have to say, out of uh, what are we doing? A five star rating oh. on this thing or ten? That's usually five, right? Five green pep. Okay. Well, I have a pretty good idea what yours is going to be, but I'm not going to speculate. I don't want to. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> but uh, you know, as you said earlier, plug plug. I. Uh, like this movie so much, I took the time to create a Facebook group dedicated to it. As far as I know, it's the only one out there because uh, I couldn't find any. So I took the initiative to create one for all the masses out there that love this film. And the fact is, I still love this film and I'm going to give it a shining five out of five. Delicious, bright green peppers. Yes, five out of five. That's where I'm at, baby. Really? I, I, words really kind of fail me. If you're going to make me try yes. to, um, well, if you're if you're going to make me try to to rate this, I, Are you I just I just <laughs> trying desperately to find. There's there's a quote. I need to find it. It's a it's a brilliant quote. Sure. Um, just give me half a second here. I'm desperately desperately trying to find this quote. All right. Found the quote. Let me give it to you. Cool. All right. I once spent seven hours watching a pregnant cow push 11 dead fetuses out of her womb, followed by the massive bloody sack of afterbirth. Yet one glance at the splatter of diarrhea you call art makes me want to pry my eyes out with a rusty pocket knife. And that's how I feel about this movie. Wow. So, so is four that a- paid in green peppers. 
My name is the incredibly bitter, angry, and vitriolic Shane Aiden. And I am the incredibly patient, optimistic, fun-loving, all-around grand person uh, and good, good friend, Mr. Sean Patrick Height. And we are saying, stay safe out there. Yes. And keep your produce fresh, kids. Indeed. All right. Thank you, and good night. Good night.